My agent called, he said he got some interest in my script I'm glad I didn't tell him that I never finished it I got my cast of characters and outline for the plot I even got a famous classic case of writer's block Get it out of my head 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 Get it out of your head And onto the page Get it out of your head And onto the page Get it out of your head And onto the page Get it out of your head And onto the page Welcome to On the Page. This is the podcast that answers all of your questions about the craft and business of screenwriting. My name is Pilar Alessandra, and I'm the instructor and script consultant here at On the Page. Joining me as podcast producer is Pat Francis, my husband. Hello. Avengers Assemble. Yeah, I know. You're so <laughs> excited about the Avengers. I, know, I am. I'm also like, excited, though. What? Because three of my favorite women are on this podcast today. Oh. Uh, uh, uh. This is like Pat's Angels. It kind <laughs> of is. It is. It kind of is. It's, a, it's other than me, it's a redheaded <laughs> fest, too. You know? Right. It yeah. is a redheaded fest. And, mm. and uh, you know, uh, well, let me just go right into explaining who these people it's are. It's a pleasure then, right? to be here. Because, <laughs> because we've got Nina Berry, redhead number one. Hello. Mm-hmm. We've got Jen Klein, redhead number two. Hi. Not that, you know, not a ranking. That's just how I'm... Right, right. That's right. how they're seated around the table. I, you just went <laughs> clockwise. I have known Nina a little bit longer, like... <laughs> like a decade longer, right? Yeah, and uh, and I am not upset that um, she became friends with my husband and that they hang out more than I do. I'm not upset about oh, that at I all. Understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys actually worked together. Worked at one together, point, right? yeah, on a TV show called Relic Hunter. Yeah, that's right. Tia Carrera. That's, that's right. right. Tia yeah. Carrera is Relic Hunter. Yeah, we were there for the season when she gained a little weight. And she <laughs> did put on the She she still kicked butt. Yeah, she did. <laughs> and so that's how you guys became friends but we've just known each other for like a hundred years I can't even remember how they're mutual friends yeah 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 yeah. and then Jen Klein who is uh, knows us and Pat through oh we met through uh, Daniel Koenig who is Mm -hmm. Jimmy Pardo's wife wife Daniel was on the show as well. Right. And, and friends with Danielle. That's right. And you're also Josh Fisher's wife, and Josh Fisher was on the show, right. too, talking. This is a whole and, and I know. World. It's a big kind of bed. I love it. It's I a know. big bed. We're all and, in it, baby. And Jen, Jen's kids go to the same school that our kids go that's to. That's right. Yes. But other than that, you guys are also writers, and that's why you're on the show. You both, <laughs> you both have a background in various forms of writing, especially TV writing, and um, you're both, you've moved, I wouldn't say that you've abandoned one for the other, but you're also in the world of writing novels for the YA market, young yes. adult mm-hmm. market. Yes. And so I wanted to talk about how those things sort of go together. So let me give a, a couple of credits here so that everybody knows a little bit more about you. Uh, Jen Klein. Uh, Jen's first produced episode of television was for Totally Spies, which she wrote with her then and still sometimes writing partner, Michael Stokes. Woo-hoo. And uh, that was followed by many others, including Bratz, Dinosaur Train, Pet Alien, Word World, I Got a Rocket, and Danger Rangers. Correct. <laughs> I'm just imagining like your your life filled with like like loud cartoon characters. Fart saying, jokes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> 
Jen was also contracted by Walt Disney Television Animation to write the pilot for Kingdom Hearts. And although Jen was Emmy nominated for her work on Todd World for Discovery Kids, nothing compares to the time she spent at George Lucas's Skywalker Ranch writing for Clone Wars. Pretty cool. Oh, I have my to say, God. pretty cool. Oh, my Lord. Did you actually see the man? We spent a day in his office <gasps> with him. What? Like his office with all the Star Wars stuff everywhere, like the chess set looking thing from the bar and yeah it was wow. really cool indiana's hat wow. major geek cred total geek cred oh my gosh did he did he uh was he ins- inspirational did he have great ideas or did he just sit there and be like talk to me no i mean it was a writer's room so mm-hmm. we threw ideas around um he was nice and personable and kind and he- i have to ask what was lunch like Lunch was a striped sea bass with a lemon caper sauce in the fancy dining room. There you go. <laughs> she remembers it. Because I, I knew I knew other people that have worked up there, and they tell me the food is It's all about Oh, it's blood. amazing. It's like all organic, everything. I will tell you that in the room, he did call the planet Hoth. <gasps> there was a moment where all the writers kind of looked at each other like, huh? Wait, he called the planet Hoth? His own planet, which you might remember from the movie as Hoth. Okay. He called uh, him Hoth. He mentioned it as Hoth. No, I just got a geek chill. There was mm. a, a moment of Terrible. utter like. So huh? you learned something that nobody else knows. So he said it correctly or incorrectly? We, you can't ask. You, you can't. can't say. <laughs> Are you wrong now or were you wrong? Maybe no. it's like his movie. He just keeps changing things. You know, know what I mean? It's like, well, it was Hoth. But now it's Hoth. Now it's Hoth. We're going to re-release it <laughs> as Hoth. <laughs> Bottom line is, he is smart and nice. <laughs> he, was right. smart. he was totally smart, totally nice, asked about my kids. He was cool. Oh, that's great. Now, yeah. you have recently dove, dove into your first novel, right? I recently dove into my second novel. Your but second yes. novel. And yet, and you have a, a book agent that you just got, right? I do. I signed with Lisa Gallagher at Sanford Greenberger in New York. She's amazing and supportive and communicates and all those wonderful things and the second book is on submission right now and that's and that's in the ya market yes okay so cool so we're going to talk about that in a second we're going to jump to nina uh and nina uh grew up body surfing in hawaii learned to throw snowballs at the university of chicago and now lives and works in hollywood hanging out with me yep Oh, boy, how low have you sunk? (laughs) Along the way, she worked at Playboy as a centerfold. No. Uh, What? No, what were you at Playboy? I forget. You're executive. I read scripts, if you can believe it. (laughs) At the time, it was Playboy Television, which no longer exists, and we were looking for erotic thrillers along the lines of... um, Basic Instinct. Interesting. With Interesting. Even more sex. I do remember obviously. when you were you were on there. It was we were all like, Nina's working at Playboy. <laughs> um, <laughs> she got a screenplay option, and she wrote for a TV show called Ghost Stories. Yes. And when you were on this podcast last, which was four and a half years ago, something like that. Yeah. Actually, it was the eve of the writer's strike. It's right. a really good podcast because you were there with writer David Wright, who's since ri- written for Family Guy and other things. Mm-hmm. And you were saying that at at when those clock strikes midnight, you know, <laughs> if if they haven't resolved, the two of you actually couldn't talk to each other anymore. Right. And mm. and who were you an executive for at that time? Well, I'm not technically an executive. I work over at Warner Horizon, uh-huh. and I was then as well. It's a division of Warner Brothers. We uh, develop and run TV shows for cable. So we have shows on TNT, ABC Family, uh, A&E. Um, we try to develop shows for Lifetime, Stars, HBO cable 
And you're still there? Yes, I still work there. Very what's cool. what's their show? What's the, their big show that we would know? Um, on TNT currently, we have Rizzoli and Isles. Also, oh, okay. the reboot of Dallas is going to be starting up oh, shortly okay. on TNT. And then on ABC Family, YA audience will appreciate this. It's uh, Pretty Little Liars and The Lion Game. Right. Um, Pretty Little Liars being a huge book series first in the YA uh, genre and then became our TV show. Now, as far as uh, your your book writing for the YA series, yes. you got a two-book publishing deal, right? Yes. And your first one is coming out very soon. July 31st. Oh, my gosh. Ah. And what's it called? It's called Otherkin. It's Otherkin. a YA paranormal adventure. Excellent. Excellent. And then when is your next book due? I just turned in book two, April 15th, to my editor. I'm waiting for her to send me her rewrite notes, and then I'll have to rewrite it, and it will be out in February. And what's the publishing company? Kensington. Their division of, is K-Teen. Okay. Now, is your new book, Is it, it? does it relate to the first book? Or is it it's a series. It is a series. And they anticipate there will be a third. I'm not officially contracted for a third, but they want a third. So we're talking a series like Hunger Games or Twilight? <laughs> yes. Yes. With that From, kind of movie potential. I can only dream. Why not? So last night, I actually went to see the Hunger Games um, to do a little homework with you guys, because Sarah, who's 11 eats up what well, she, she does a book like every other day right she, she really does she read the Hunger Games all three of the books in like uh, three weeks and she's seen the, the movie three times wow. yes wow. yeah they're and quick reads they're really they page fast. turners yeah. yeah but one thing that that really struck me I mean I was a really big writer uh, reader when I was a kid too I don't know if I if I was necessarily in the YA world I read a lot of dark stuff just because uh, that's what my father. Well, my father just gave me stuff. I was, you know, reading Lord of the Flies when I was six. You know, I was like, here, just so I don't even know. But one thing I, I noticed with Sarah's stuff is it's dark. Yes, it's dark. She's eleven and she's reading dark material. We let her because she's reading. You know, now so tell me a little bit about what the YA market means. What about like an the, age? Yeah, an the age, age group, group and group also or? tonally, this stuff does seem fairly dark. What, what do they tend to? to hit? Uh, well, there's a huge variety of YA. Okay. The dark stuff is popular right now. The Hunger Games, because the Hunger Games was so huge, there's a huge dystopian the, the dystopian genre is big in YA right, right now. The success of that led to the publisher saying we want more. So you can find a thousand books out there about the world has been changed in some horrible way and the teenagers are struggling and there's something about this genre that teen- teens can really connect to apparently um, but yeah the hunger games has a huge amount of violence in it um and, and uh, there's a lot of darkness in even contemporary ya as well i mean there's a lot that's very light there's you can there's, find funny yeah funny, romantic you can find, exactly funny romantic all that but there's also even in contemporary a lot of darkness there's I mean, they hit everything. There's YA books about suicide and about cutting. And Teens about are struggling so with these issues. Right. They're real teenage issues. Whether they're put in a paranormal world or in a contemporary mm-hmm. world, I think it's why teenagers relate. It's the time of your life when you are the most filled with angst and questions and pain and anxiety and trying to figure out the world. And that's one reason why it's fun to write for, yes. because it's such a transitional time. It's such an important time. You're figuring out who you are. Everything means so much. Yeah. So it's fun to write. And, so, and yet at the, at the girls' school, where the kids go to school, Sarah's school mm-hmm. and Jen's kids' school, um, I found that a lot of the dads have read the Hunger Games books. 
A lot I have of boys not, and oh, yeah. my husband has. Mm-hmm. Has you see? There you go. There's a lot of action in it. There's a lot of killing. Um, it's you know teenagers in a duel to kill mm-hmm. each other, as you pro- all probably know. So it's, Josh saw the movie before I did. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we, um, Pilar, I've had this discussion with Pilar, like uh, about violence versus sex, and I, mm-hmm. my thing is, well, eventually she's going to get to where she will have sex. What? But no. she might never cut an orc's head off. So I'm okay with her seeing the violence. Yeah, that's that's that's. She's never going to get better with violence. I can't never, disagree more. She'll probably, never, she'll probably never kill someone. <laughs> well, I guess his, his feeling is why introduce something her, yeah. that she could actually experiment with, right, as right. opposed to introducing the world. To I'm not. Yes, that's heads, what I mean. I'm not ready to introduce her yes, to to sex in the books because then she go oh. All the sex conversations uh, take place with mommy. You I was know, about as to as ask. You, yeah, I, I uh, yeah. Let's, let's, we'll, I hate to break it to you, Pat, but right. there's nothing a book can tell her that she, she can't already know. come up with. Yeah. Really, I think I'm good. And then be, meaning it, her, any teenage girl, right? Well, and well, she may get more correct information in a book than say from, or one be of able her to connect and understand things better. What true, I'm because, saying because is, it is, <laughs> it is an internal process in mm-hmm. a book, right? It can go right. into the mind uh, of somebody why what led them to these choices how mm-hmm. they feel about them whereas with a, a movie you're just seeing the choice right but this uh, is sort of an oh, in- yeah. internal exploration of it yeah. you know and also you know emotionally they might not feel like they always made the right choice you know yeah. if it is something like this let's let's just uh step back for a second and and talk about the the ages and ya what are the age categories well there's the the middle grade which is age nine to twelve, and okay. like the early Harry Potters would probably fall technically into that. Although, okay. of course, people of all ages are reading Harry right. Potter. Right. right. Um, and then, but Twilight, um, Hunger Games would be a little older, probably twelve or thirteen and up. But it really does depend, of course, on the child, on mm-hmm. the you know, and and then of course adults are reading them as well. Everyone's reading them, but I think often what you hear is that YA is defined by if the protagonist is a teenager. Okay, and, and that's so that it. Can be, that's why they can be lighter, darker, heavy, okay. funny, you know, all over the place. That's one of the say? important criteria, yeah, yeah. Although there are um, literary novels with teenage protagonists. True. Like Prep was a novel with a teenage uh, girl at a prep school, and that was uh, categorized in adult literature because it had a more adult perspective of what was going on. Mm. It was more sophisticated thematically, I suppose. I don't know how they decide these things. <laughs> but but yeah, so the, but the pr- protagonist needs to be a teenager, essentially. Now, do you feel like there's any bias about the style of writing that people assume because it's a YA kind of novel that, that the, the author can cheat on the writing? I do. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, you see op-eds in the New York Times right, about uh, how adults should read adult books for adults. Yeah, there was that article recently. It's really condescending, it's really- and they don't understand how demanding the teenage audience is, really, yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. Teenagers will detect your BS in a heartbeat. And not that there's not crap in YA literature, but there's crap in all. There's crap in everything. There's yeah, bad movies and bad books and bad mag. It's everywhere. Yeah, so. it doesn't matter what age you are. If you're drawn to something that's good, then right. it's good. Yeah. Exactly, but th- I do think there is a bias. Yeah, absolutely, definitely. So the you know, it's somebody who says, "Well, I just have a great idea, and it's an easier market to get into." That is not true, right? You really have to be a very good writer to crack this market. It's competitive. Yeah. YA has boomed. Uh-huh. Absolutely, so a lot of people are swarming. But that also means more and more people are mm-hmm. more, are submitting. It's. And I suggest you get an agent, a book agent. 
that's yeah. a separate agent from your film or television yes. agent. Yeah, there's such a You're not going to sell. It's going to be much harder to sell without the help of an agent because it's so competitive out there right now. Now, your book, uh, what what bracket of YA is it in? Is it 13 and up? Or yeah, it- probably. I mean, a, tw- a relatively sophisticated 12-year-old, I mean, maybe if... if your daughter is, at 11 is reading Hunger Games. She could read my book. But, but we're bad say parents. Read <laughs> are there bad May words? I just say Nina's books are great. Are they? Jen has read them. Yes, other, other kids. So can you um, logline, if you will, the what, um, what the book is about? Sure. It's about a teenage girl who discovers that she is a shapeshifter. And just as that happens, she's captured by people who want to wipe out people like her. And she escapes with the help of a handsome, mysterious boy. And they go on the run to find allies and to turn the tables on those who hunt them. Excellent. Yeah. May I? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. And, and though there's this protagonist, there's an entire ensemble cast, and they're all specific and have their own needs and are amazing. It's just, it's really a well-written, beautiful One book. of the themes is friendship, I would say. Yes. So it's really about, there's a group of, she finds a group of friends. So, and that was important to me as a teenager, my friends. And I think friends are very important to teenagers. So, sure, they're important, important to everybody. Yeah. Is, is there sex in this book? <laughs> in There's book one, in no. No. Is there swear? There's making out. Is there words that begin with F? Oh, Patrick. There's no, there, one use there, of the F word. Oh, boy. I was going to say, I don't remember. Is it? Um, a per, a, one, of the, one of the girls who, is tending, who tends to swear swears, but the mm. protagonist doesn't swear. She's kind of a good girl. Okay. And, that's, and, and that F word defines her character. Exactly. It's very specifically used. Mm-hmm. And um, my editor, there was another use of it, and it was funny. My editor asked me to remove it because apparently librarians tend to recommend books that use it less. Mm-hmm. Oh. It's just a... And librarians are hugely important in marketing your YA yes. book. Right. Well, that makes sense because because then their jobs are on the line because then the the parents get all huffy. They're under fire a lot. People, mm-hmm. parents always yeah targeting librarians to ban books. And oh, so on. and there's there's you know looking at the list of books that people want to ban right now because there's always <sighs> like a new parents want to ban these books like so which I think actually lends uh, gives cred to them and people no end I think up they buying sell more, more. Yeah. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, but I know some of the some of the most beloved books are on that list To Kill a Mockingbird oh yeah. my god Huck Finn oh. I mean come on please and the whitewashing of it yes like, that's oh, we have a great librarian at the girls school yes we do Miss Heidi, Ms. Heidi. Heidi shout out to Miss Heidi a great librarian can make a big difference in a kid's life oh that's she's both of our girls. I don't know about your boys if they're reading on their own yet, but yes, both of the girls love are. Her. She's recommended books. Yeah. She's given her son's given my son books as yeah. presents. She's amazing. She is great. Now your book, Jen. Um, what what market is it in? Is it also thirteen it's, and up? It's YA. Yeah, it's, it's for teenagers. Oh, so and their mothers, but not on the <laughs> not on the the younger end, not right. on the no, they, middle they school end. Call that MG. You, that's what you start seeing a lot. Is MG is middle grade. Middle grade. Oh, middle grade. MG, oh, okay. YA. Oh, okay. This is good to know. Mm-hmm. All right. I think we've we've we missed the whole MG thing, Pat. Yeah. I think we're in YA, whether we like it or You're not. Kids read up, so she'll read. Right. You read older than the. Character is. Oh, yeah. that's well, interesting. Yeah, I mean, she's younger than the character. Sorry. Yeah. In uh, in in Sarah's defense or whatever, we she was read. They were reading The Outsiders in in class. Oh, wow. So I got her. Um, Great. I got her a couple S.E. Hinton books, and she was like, fifteen pages into this one, and she brought it to me. She goes, Dad, I don't think this is for me right now. And which was nice. That's yeah, terribly so, mature that she knows she's yeah. ready. Um, I forget what it was, but I think they were using the uh, the the F word for homosexuals. 
oh, the derogatory, and, and yeah. then there were some other things because I just leafed through, and and I was like, okay, honey, well, when you're ready for it, we'll, we'll let you have a smart girl. Yeah, yeah. So. good for her. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it. You know, uh, yeah, I think that's in that case we definitely trust them yeah. to make their own judgments mm-hmm. and and stuff. Yeah, I do trust her. Um, yeah, you know your child. You know what she. Yeah. What she'll take and, from yeah. it. And she. Uh, yeah. I'm talking about her again. She got a Kindle for Christmas, and the other night <laughs> that's like all smiling. I know. Well, the other Aww. night she she had the uh, the Kindle was open to. I go, how far are you in the in this book? And she's like, you know, it doesn't have pages. It has. She's like, I'm 54 percent into it. And so I, the page that was up was like a, a kissing scene, and I go. And I start reading it out loud, and she's like, got so giggly. She and got so embarrassed. embarrassed and, oh, no, but giggly, like but she was giggly and like, no, no. And I go, is this all a kissing book? No, Dad, it's not a kissing book. <laughs> kissing I can book. say that I'm a little older than Sarah, and my dad read my book, and it was terribly embarrassing because there are makeout scenes in it. <laughs> That's funny. Isn't <laughs> so, yes, it's, it's difficult no matter how old you are to have your father like looking at things that you write or that you're reading. That Did you explain that you actually have made out at one point in your life? I know? did not say those words, okay. actually. All right. Good yeah, good. Never know. we didn't actually discuss those scenes. Just okay. knowing that he, yeah. And then, <laughs> so Jen, I'm sorry, I, I stole the thunder. <laughs> I, I took it away from Jen. Jen Go ahead. Are, are you are you allowed to logline your story at this point, or would your agent suggest that you maybe keep it under wraps for a little bit? Wow, I really should have checked in with her before mm. I came in. I'm not sure. I can tell you it's um, YA. It's in the paranormal world. Oh, okay. Um, there's a detective aspect to it, and it's set in Los Angeles. How's that? Why do you think, because, um, yeah, we talked about the dark stuff, the dystopic stuff, the mm-hmm. you know some violence, things like that. One could imagine that kids growing up in this kind of world right now are thinking a lot about what's the world going to be like if you know global warming comes around or we blow mm-hmm. each other, you know, all this blow each other up I just said the wrong thing (laughs) (laughs) we knew what you meant yes so but but this thing with the paranormal that's also another really uh, a huge theme with these books what is it that kids respond to with the paranormal stuff I would say that they that it allows you to explore it's like any fantasy setting it allows you to explore themes uh, in a way that you can relate to but that you can enlarge them uh-huh. They can be a little bigger. You mm-hmm. can have action. You can, you can just like in a dystopic setting or a, or a fantastical setting, you can justify children killing each other as they do in the Hunger mm-hmm. Games. Whereas if it were set in a normal, you know, our world, that could not happen. So you can explore these themes in a bigger, bigger stakes maybe mm-hmm. um, than you could if it's just a contemporary. And the contemporary novels that I read, like Sarah Dessen, who's a wonderful writer, mm-hmm. small stories about loss and you know first love and they're really sweet and wonderful but they're but there's a smaller kind of feeling to what's going mm-hmm. on so you can address huge issues more easily i think in fantastical settings and i think also when you're a teenager there's so much uh, a struggle for identity and a feeling of powerlessness because your world is tra- changing and your body's changing and you're figuring out what you're doing next as an adult and i think so often in paranormal paranormal stories your protagonist is special for some reason. You know, like Harry Potter, who right away we find out he's not just a wizard. He's like the coolest wizard ever. Mm-hmm. And so he gets to exercise all those things that I think as a teenager you you wish you had that kind of power. You wish you had that sort of specialness. And I think and that's a big part of it. And specialness tends to make kids an outcast. Right. Mm-hmm. As opposed to Harry Potter, it makes him a hero. Eventually. Right. Eventually. But he has to go through that outcast part of it, right. too. Yes. So it gives kids hope of, well, mm-hmm. okay, they may make fun of me now, but that also is what's unique about me, and unique is good in these books. Yes. Which is so often, I think, as a teenager. You know, I mean, 
like the geeky boys in high school often grow up to be the cool guys. <laughs> well, and we everyone know them. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> sorry, Pat. I mean, <laughs> hey, okay. Uh, Avengers <laughs> assemble. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Sometimes the geekiness it just never mm. really goes away. Um, <laughs> uh, about the script writing into this now, mm. as people who who wrote scripts in the past did you find that these skills helped you in writing a ya novel or did they ever get in your way yes they helped helped Helped. immensely really i will say that when i sat down to write the first book um that got me the agent i sat down to write it and at the time i think i'm trying to remember what i was writing script wise i feel like i was struggling with some particular script and set it aside and decided to write this book started writing it Got seven pages into it while writing in third person, just because I don't know why. That's how I started it. It wasn't working. Came back, started it over in first person, and it was like flying, like mm. blazed through pages wow. and pages and pages and pages and pages, and had a lot of attention from agents and ended up signing. And I think so much of that is that as a script writer, you learn. Well, let me tell you, this is what I found out in New York. I went to New York and met with a bunch of agents, and what I heard over and over and over was that script writers no structure we know dialogue we're not precious with notes we turn things around fast i mean these are i think things that we bring to it you move story you write visually right Mm -hmm. right all those things that i think if you start in books i mean obviously are things that can be learned but i think if you start as a script writer you kind of already have those pieces of the puzzle yeah because as a as a a screenwriter a television writer you know there's going to be notes Mm mm-hmm Right. So, it's never going to be. It's a yeah. collaborative process. That's, that's yeah. right. Absolutely. So that's, that is a good point. Then when you then when you write a book and you get notes, you're just like, okay. Yeah. That's how it is. You're but I liked also what you said it. about coming from the first person because if you're writing dialogue, right, in a, in a script, it's first person. You are coming from the point of view of that character. You're stepping into that mm-hmm. character and behind their eyes. And then you're saying a line. So mm-hmm. if you're if you are that character through a whole book narrating, right, right it's it, it it'll flow more. And why is yeah. so largely in first person? There's a lot of first person. Well. That's well, a very common thing. Why is that? Um, I think it, my personal point of view about POV in a book is that first person, you more immediately identify. Mm-hmm. It's, it's Whereas third person is a little more distanced. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's third person omniscient, which is the most distancing, sort of like fairy tales. Once upon a time, this happened. And then there's third person limited, which is Harry Potter, mm-hmm. where you sort of you can jump from head to head. Mm-hmm. Um, and then first person is the most immediate. You're in that one person's head all the time, and you immediately and connect body. to them. Yeah, and you, you, know. you feel everything they feel, mm-hmm. um, and so you hopefully identify with that first person. It does limit you in storytelling, though. Like, I tried to write – my first YA book was more of a thriller, and it was in first person. And I look back now, and I realize that I probably should have written it in third person because mm-hmm. the protagonist doesn't know the danger and so you can, if you write in third person, you can cut to the danger over on, around the corner and show that they're about to be threatened and they're unaware. You know, you can create more tension right. in a way with third person that you can't. It's more like, I think in a way, it's more like movie writing in third person where you can cut off to the, cut away to the villains planning mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then come back to your detective who doesn't right. know what they're planning and you see the possible collision. I would imagine it depends on the st- scope of the sto- exactly. story. So if you have something that's like set in high school and it's just about, boy, I really like this, this boy and, it, and yet she likes him and stuff, you would want to be first person because you're in, in that very just little 
small story, mm-hmm. but if you open it up to a thriller, like you said, you've suddenly got to have all the bigger world POV. And yeah, because if you're in first person, you know that person's going to live because they're telling it. Well, they're speaking yes. in first person, but past tense. Mm-hmm. I did so and so. I walked down the street. So you know, unless it's a book that that's sort of part of mm-hmm. the hook, it's being written from the dead girl's perspective. You know? ah, yeah, nice. like before I fall or right, like right, that, which is a great YA book. And Hunger Games is that is that written in first person? I believe so. It's actually been a while since I read I'm it. Actually, suddenly at a loss. As I well. believe it's inside Katniss's head. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. I love Katniss. <laughs> I, you know, last night I was like, well, there's another good thing about this too. You know, people know sometimes I have this agenda of like, you know, female protagonists on film, right? And mm-hmm. with YA, you know, you get a lot of female protagonists. Yes. So if everybody's trying to make these movies, that's another. Uh, another way to get them on screen. Right. Absolutely. And what I liked about this particular heroine was it was never like, well, you're a girl and you can't do it. And blah, blah, blah. There was a romantic element to it, but basically there was no question about her skills yes. ever. Right. She had mad skills totally. and she didn't have to like spend a whole training period yes. developing them. Yes. She already had them, which was, I, I thought, really Absolutely. She's a very strong female character, Mm -hmm. and you can see why girls really identify with her. And yet she's also an action hero, so boys like that aspect Mm -hmm. of her as well. And it's not a lot of emphasis on the romance. There is a triangle, but it's really about survival. That's what she's most concerned with. How did did script writing help you? Um, I would say mostly in the actual writing of the book uh, structure. I outline the book before I write it. I'm not the, the pantsers, you know, writing by the seat of your pants, or there's the outliners, and I'm an outliner. A <laughs> pantser. That's what I they like call that. them, pantser. <laughs> yeah, that's a thing. Like, you'll really? see it on Twitter, like, I'm a pantser, or I'm a, yeah. Um, and I, I, I find if I just start writing, and I don't know where I'm going, I get bogged down really fast. So, f- from screenwriting, I, I know that I outline and that this should happen around this point. Something like this should happen around this point of the story to propel it forward or to keep it interesting, you know, that the character needs to have this kind of turn. So I find screenwriting structure to be hugely useful in the outlining. Now, things change while I'm writing from the outline, but still right. the outline allows me to write the book. So did you ever it's have, very helpful. Do you have to pitch these books the way that, that writers have to pitch ideas? I, I did not. I had a slightly different experience uh, than Jen, but um, you have to write the whole book. Oh, okay. And then get your agent. So it's yes. not like, here's the proposal for the book. Nonfiction does that. Fiction does not generally. Well, people who are very established, I would yes. say, in the YA market, like I'm sure Sarah Dessen calls and says, oh, different. Yeah. I want to write about grief. And they say, okay, here's your check. <laughs> yeah. If you're trying to break in, nice you're going to have to write the whole go. book. Yeah. But if you're an established person, it's a whole other thing. Absolutely. Or if you have experience in a whole other area, you might be able to write part of the book. That's what I'm As Jen did. I'm out with partials. Oh, really? Partial. Okay. So so they're looking at a, a partial manuscript that you're almost that you're still in the process of and they're thinking about publishing it what? getting their hands on it before anybody else does I don't know how does. much of this I can talk about but <laughs> this one was pitched to one of the big six publishers who had interest in it mm-hmm. um, and said we need to see a partial and mm-hmm. so that's where we are right now is that I wrote a partial I think if I already had debuted perhaps I could have written a shorter partial I wrote somewhere in the vicinity of 100 pages plus a um, a treatment which in publishing they call synopsis mm. um <laughs> And then a proposal for the, what the series would look like. So it, it is like doing television because you're looking at it, at least for me with this particular book series, 
I'm looking at it like a television show. Like this is how characters change. This is the overall the things that happen on a you know. But this book series could be three books. It could be twenty, depending on how you parse out certain things. And is um is YA because of Harry Potter and Hunger Games and those books? Is it are they always looking for a series now? They're not looking for a standalone. Not necessarily. Okay. Because you both have things that sound like they're both. Series. series. Well, in certain, I would think certain genres lend themselves more to series, paranormal, paranormal. Yeah. Um, dystopian. Um, it, it really depends on the publisher, but this, you can sell a standalone, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Paranormal and dystopian, you're also creating a world. Mm-hmm. So I think there's so much more of that to explore and uncover and oh, develop that I think can be then spaced out over several books. But money-wise, don't you think that uh, you know, a publisher is going to want something that has a sequel potential to it because there's a franchise there. Well, there's an initial investment. Yeah. So, yes, I do. It's like movies in in that way, that they they have made an initial investment in this world and this writer. So, yes, I I do think series, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of series do sell. It's so funny. With movies, it's always like a sequel is always like, oh, come on, a sequel, another one. But in books, it seems to be, yes, another one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's well, true. Maybe because there's so many crappy sequels on on, on screen. <laughs> well, maybe. Um, but you can keep the writer's voice right. fresh and with the characters. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I mean, Hunger Games is a good example. I mean, yeah. already Gary Ross is off the project, mm-hmm. so is it going to have the same kind of feel that the first yeah. one did? It's Gary Ross, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, and and because it's out of your hands, right. you know, uh, right. as opposed to where the writers like. Okay, it's all from the writer's imagination. Mm-hmm. So I mm-hmm. could imagine how people would, would get excited. And I have another question. Yeah. Now, with a screenplay, it's usually it, it, 120 pages is usually what they say. Now, what is it with these YA books? What do you do? You have a, a limit? Do you have a yes? What is it? Um, well, uh, an adult book would be more along the lines. It's word count. Yeah. So it's, it's going to be a little count. alien to scriptwriters, but it's maybe an adult book is longer. 150,000 words, 180,000 words. Uh, I wrote a fantasy novel. My first novel was Fantasy Paranormal. They tend to be a little longer, but it was 90,000 words. So about half what an adult book would be. But still, I mean, I would say that that's 350 double-space pages of 8.5 by 11, as opposed to a script, which is 120 pages, and there's a lot more white space. Yeah, a lot of white space. So it takes a lot... For me, it takes a lot longer to write a book. There's a lot more words involved. So does the YA word count, is that something that makes your job easier or does it actually make it harder because you want to write more i found it to be not a problem too much of a problem it it hasn't been for me either i think it's just this is what the story is and so it's writing through that story and there Mm. is more leeway it's not like if you're writing a screenplay and go Oh, I know I need to be somewhere in the 100 to 120 pages, mm-hmm. and oops, I went 140. Right. Or oops, it's only 80. That's a problem. That's totally and a problem. Very true. Books, it's, you have more wiggle room with that stuff. If you write a really short but fast, tightly paced mm-hmm. page-turning book, I think you can get in for less pages. Or you can, if you're one of those people who writes... I mean, God, look at Harry Potter. Right, How no kidding. Yeah. yeah. They are the exception to every rule, they though. Are like, the exception, I would, I, I totally agree with what you're saying, mm-hmm. that there's way more leeway when you write a book. On the other hand, do look at word counts when you're, if you're a newbie. Like, if yes, you're, if, absolutely. If you're J.K. Rowling, you can write a giant, fat fourth Harry Potter book, but do not write a giant, fat first book if you're an unpublished Correct. writer. Sure. Look at the word counts um, for your genre and try to fit it in, because if you submit to an agent and you're like, I've got, you know, a 200,000 word 
some they'd be like they'll throw your query letter out the window mm-hmm. but then again too this is where being a scriptwriter has probably really helped you you're used to writing lean and mean exactly not having right. some right. waste on the page so if you need to go shorter you know how to cut the fat um is turning it around for a second is there anything that you learned writing a novel that you think can help scriptwriters? yes what well, I don't know if it's a learning thing. I can tell you for me, after having written the book and going back into scripts, it feels so fast and easy in a way. Because, you know, in the book, you start it and you're allowed to do all these things you can't do in scripts, like go internal and follow the, you know, the mental and emotional journey in a way that you would have to mm-hmm. see vis- visually on a screen. But when you go back to a script, it's suddenly... I mean, it's harder in a sense that every word counts for so much, and it's tightening, 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 tightening. But it's also, it is so much shorter. Like Nina said, there's so much more white space on the page. Yeah. You just, it's faster. I'm a faster writer now for having written the book. Really? That makes sense. Wow. It does make sense, yeah. I I would say that one thing I learned from writing the book is that my book is in first person. um, Is to bring maybe more emotion into the prose of a script mm-hmm. that I'm writing sure. to, I mean, uh, before I think the scripts that I wrote, there's the emotions there maybe in the dialogue, but it was, I was more distant mm-hmm. in the prose part and uh, in the description of the action. And I was, uh, now that I'm trying to rewrite a script, I'm thinking I can invest that with more emotion now. Like I know how to maybe make that more interesting to read. And you sure. can bring tone to even that part. Exactly, that tone. tone. Like, it can be funny in a description, even in a script. What, right. Because it conveys... Bring more personality mm-hmm. to to what you're writing, uh, even in just the, you know, the action. Which is such an important thing for people to hear. You know, we've been talking about it podcast after podcast. I'm sure. Because they hear, you know, don't do this, because a lot of people, it, it creates overwriting. But you do need to have some emotion in your scene direction so that you can guide the reader as to right. what that event really means to a character so yes. you understand what the story is about. Well, and sometimes the dialogue is so spare that um, it's hard to convey it that way. Right. And the actor's going to do that work for you. But the person reading the script before it's ever made isn't going to know that unless there's a little emotion maybe mm-hmm. in, the, in the action mm-hmm. to indicate what that actor should be doing. Absolutely. So, yeah, I totally agree. That's, yeah. yeah. I was going to ask what the what the rewrite process is like because when you write a script, like you said, you have 120 pages, a lot of space on the page, and you can it's doable. You can leaf through that, you can read it, and then make changes. But it sounds like with a book, you don't just write the whole book and then read it and and rework it, do you? I mean, that sounds I have daunting. To tell you that like I have forgot, like I in writing book two. And then I went back to rewrite some of the beginning. I've forgotten what I did. I've forgotten what happened. Wow, there's so much. Like, I forgot major events from book one. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no, that character's actually dead. I can't have that character in this book. You know, like, the books are huge, and you're carrying so much in your head. And you, it's been a while since I've read that portion. So in a screenplay, I don't forget nearly as much or have to remind myself nearly as much of what's already been. Even just keeping track of eye color of characters or hair color or, mm. you know, all these sort of little things that don't really matter in a script. You have, you're describing people. You have to be consistent. You have to remind, you know, keep lists of wow. their traits. Uh, J.K. Rowling has a big timeline thing that she does for her yes. books where she sort of figures out, you know, who has what power and how that 
creates this event which is going to lead to their death or lead to saving a life or whatever she has like this whole tree oh, it's wow. somewhere online I I've know. seen it yeah and yeah. I, 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 I'm sure in a TV series you're doing some of that right. but not with little details like the color because the actor's eyes are the eyes that you're dealing with you don't have to think remember that right. they're blue but with the story absolutely you're going to have to if you're writing a TV series keep track of everything like unless that. you're lost then you pants it there you go <laughs> nice use I detect resentment pants. You, I think Pat used to either be pantsed or pants people in high school so <laughs> I'm, they just I'm said a pantser they used it I know, the I show. know but I, that's why I like the term for me I just keep yeah. thinking some, remember pantsing somebody do you remember you're that pantser mm, or pantser did you grow up in the 50s <laughs> <laughs> what were you? That's when true, was I this? Like you stealing from American Graffiti. Yeah, what are you talking about? <laughs> I don't know. I don't you watch know. a lot of Happy Days when you were growing up. <laughs> so, so uh, why do you think that there is so much interest in YA novels for screenplay adaptation right now? I will tell you this. My new, I just signed with a new agency here, screenwriting, uh-huh. and my new agent said to me that sixty percent of the pilots that got picked up this year are based on books. Really? I said, really? I have no idea because I'm wow. reading pilots. And she said, Yeah, pe- people don't know that, but it's sixty percent this year. Pilots? I mean, it used mm-hmm. to be movies, right? You know, I know it's a ton of pilots and movie of the weeks, and I mean everything. Wow. And I think Nina and I have talked about this that it there seems to be an added weight given to books yeah. Yeah. as is. Screenwriter, so the minute you start writing books, you are perceived a little bit differently, even if it's – but you're a writer. You're a it's all writing. Writer. Yeah, it's all writing. It's but, telling a story. It's understanding yeah. character. But it means something different. A book is a literature. <laughs> well, we right. used to talk a lot. I mean, Nina, you remember these days where you're like, you did one thing, and focus was really important. And right. if, you, mm-hmm. if, you did, if you wrote everything, you were kind of perceived as flaky, whereas now with sort of a cross-platform world – People will ask, what else do you have? And they don't only mean what other screenplay do you have. They mean what other form of content do you have? And, you know, Mm -hmm. the the fact that you guys are still screenwriters and you're novelists, you know, there's no problem there. People are seeing you as more commercial because of it, more Uh, more saleable. I I agree. And you you do get uh, samples. And I work day job in a studio and you will get samples of short stories right. or or novels as a sample for a writer that you're considering for development or or staffing so um so those are valuable you still need to write a script if yes. you want to be in tv or film you right. need and you need to show you can do that form mm-hmm. um but having an additional sample of a short story or a book is is good and it should and and there's something about having written something alone that is not mm-hmm. collaborative, I think, that carries this gravitas, which maybe I, it deserves or doesn't. I don't know. But the fact that you've written a book all on your own, it doesn't, you know, there's no showrunner coming in to help you rewrite it or any of that sort of thing. It's not a collaborative process. So maybe they see books as having more mm-hmm. weight because of that. I think, yeah, I think, Pat, you were onto something, you know, literary. Oh, you know? I know I was. It, it, <laughs> yeah. It has, it has a certain mystique to it. We, yes. We've grown up with that. That is the one thing about book writing that just has never gone away. Right. It's like, wow. Wow, you wrote You're like a an expert book. because you yeah. wrote a book. Even well, if the book is crappy, it I doesn't mean, matter. I, Trust me, I know I wrote a book. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. It could we be crappy. Much wear a beret and smoke skinny cigarettes all the time while reciting dark poetry. So that's a big part of it. Yeah. So, yeah. So you're looked at. You know, I'm a book writer, right? Yeah, really totally. good in a beret. <laughs> I think. 
<laughs> I didn't know about the skinny cigarette part. I think so. I think I'm so. really maybe I'm going to start writing a book because I didn't there know about you go. the gray part. Mm-hmm. And Nina, you know, like I asked you on Facebook, what was more exciting, writing the book or or opening that box of, of galley copies that came? And you said it was pretty exciting. Oh, seeing the seeing book. The book. There, I mean, writing the book has has fun moments, right? But the right writing is not exciting. Like writing is it, it fulfills some part of your soul, uh, which is you know important. But actually seeing <laughs> and holding it. your name on a book. It's freaky. It's yeah. amazing. And I have to tell people about the cover of Nina Berry's oh, book. Now, God. I'm going to take your picture, and we are not going to forget. We've got to take Nina and Jen's picture. We've got two gorgeous red he- heads here. Can I send you my author headshot instead? Oh, uh, no. <laughs> Okay, okay. We'll, we'll, we'll post that, Didn't but I still up want this the morning. picture. You have to send them but, soon. But Nina's, the, the cover for your book has this gorgeous redhead on the yes. cover of it with a, is it a tiger? Yeah, there's a tiger. There's a tiger behind it. And the the yeah. So did they did they decide I'm going to put your face on the cover? Well, How it may go? sound self-absorbed, but the I am a redhead, the protagonist is a redhead. Ah. So it's chance. She looks I have joked, she looks like me with a nose job and better sunscreen use. Like that's <laughs> and younger. Um so yeah, they put this red and I've been teased a lot about how oh that's you on the cover like no, that's but a model. Way, <laughs> when you brand yourself later on and you know all those things, you know. So write a book accidents. with the protagonist the same hair color as you and you're set. Take note now, everybody, take note. Yeah. Now this model is going to have a career too because as you, when your next book comes out they're probably going to have to use the same I girl assume again. they took a bunch of photos of her. Uh, during the photo session, I assume I wasn't there, uh, and uh, and they'll use her for the next cover. I assume. Yeah. You can't meet her, Pat. Cool. Don't even. Don't, <laughs> I, I know. I know your little sideways question. I'm gonna. I'm gonna buy this book, <laughs> but I will you never. Better. I'll never open it because this cover. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm torn. I mean, I have to get a. We have to get a, 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 a physical copy for Nina to sign. Of course. But we have to also get a Kindle copy so Sarah can. Can read, you know, one hundred percent of it. Nina gets paid twice. With, yeah, with come on, right. this is ideal. Yeah, Everyone needs to do that. Yes, <laughs> problem, no problem. Um, guys, we'll, we'll put a link on the Facebook page too, where they can absolutely. You guys rock, absolutely. Yeah, you guys were. Thank you so much for being here. This was totally fun. Thank <laughs> you for having us. Is there any sort of you know whether it's screenwriting, TV writing, years in the business, pitching, the book? Any any words of wisdom you want to leave leave the listeners with? You know what is it, one thing I keep coming back to over and over is that the only thing you can control is the page mm. and what you put on it because there's so much that's not in your control, both as a screenwriter and to a less degree as a book writer. But whether someone reads it, someone brings you into the room, whether you get the call or get the agent, or you know, all that stuff is kind of out of your control. All you can really control is. Keep writing, which I know is cliche, but it's cliche for a reason. I believe you're saying uh, get it on the page. Is that I what you're saying? <gasps> that is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Sweet. To completely echo Jen, I think the key to at least to getting published is persistence. Yes, talent helps, mm-hmm. but the writers that I see that get published are persistent. They've written more than one book often before they get published. Keep writing. Get keep getting better. Keep improving. Take classes, read books, and keep writing. Get it on the page so that mm-hmm. you, you know, eventually you're prepared then, you know. Excellent. So, persistent. So if you're the person that's sitting there saying, "I'm going to write one book and it's going to be huge and I'm going to be a millionaire." That's yeah. not really the You're right probably mindset. not the person who's going to get published. Right. spends 20 years writing that the one book. Thing. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Don't, Don't do, do it. Not right. worth do it. Okay. 
Um, thank you very much, you guys. Thank really, you. really good advice. Uh, I want to let everybody know that I will be posting both uh, Nina's um, website and Jen's website. Is that okay? Yeah, absolutely. On the Facebook page. And so go to on the page on Facebook and you can check it out. But really quickly, what are, are the URLs just in case? NinaBerry.com. Okay. JenKleinBooks.com because nice. JenKlein.com is owned by a realtor in the oh. middle of the country. We'll find her. <laughs> oh my Just goodness. Saying. Oh my goodness. And uh, also on Facebook is uh, a lot of stuff about events and notes and things like that. So do go there and check it out. Um, by this time, I will have been to Chicago and New York and back. So no more promoting that. But I am doing a uh, story analysis class May 24th here at the studio. That is a Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Nina, you and I know how important script coverage is. Helpful to writers, helpful to story analysts, mm, yeah. helpful to everyone involved. So Absolutely. If you want to learn a skill that you don't normally learn in a writing class, okay, definitely come to this class. Um, it's only sixty-five bucks. Uh, Nina has taken. Uh, you've taken my first draft. Would you take my first? I've draft taken both of your both first draft and rewrite. And Nina was. Uh, I was lucky enough to have her as an assistant during that class too. And there was okay. a fire. Okay, and this is how. Oh, this is how. Uh, like. Committed Nina is and so good at her job, right? So there's fire trucks everywhere. Okay, all around this place. The 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 roof is on fire. Nina does not see it. She just goes right up the stairs to the office and I see her on the balcony trying to get in and she doesn't even notice that there's like fire trucks and I totally she had a job to do, I did just open the office and I'm shouting at her, Nina You know, just thinking she's just gonna Burn and you I'm know, like, Clara's going to kill me if I don't get this ready for the class. <laughs> this is not this is not fair because Nina does that and you call her dedicated. Yes. But if I did that, you'd call me oh, Pat's oblivious. <laughs> <laughs> not fair. Marriage is fun, isn't it? It's fun. Um, so check out the Facebook page. Go to onthepage.tv. See what's happening. Uh, check out the donate page. Um, look at the San Francisco Teresa videos. Oh, anything else we can say? Just 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 go and check out the whole thing and. Pat, uh, rock solid, right? Yes, a rock solid podcast. It's on uh, iTunes. Have you have you listened yet? Yes, yes. I love it. It's it is such funny, fun, isn't it? Totally fun. Thank yeah, you. it's yeah, hilarious. Yeah. It's great music. I love it. Oh, and just one thing we didn't say. I just want to. I, I forgot mm-hmm. to mention. You guys met each other, Nina and Jen, independently. Oh yeah, we didn't. Inter- yeah, Everybody we didn't introduce them. You guys became friends accidentally. We were both and on then Twitter. Found out that you knew us. I think I found your website or something and was like, redhead. Also TV. Mm. Also YA. <laughs> she commented on my website before she, she, we ever knew yeah. that we had people in common. And then I think, so we exchanged comments on our websites. And Followed then each other on Twitter. she saw that I tweeted you, Pat. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. oh, yeah, yeah. And I said, do you know him in real life? <laughs> yeah, like, do you really or know just, Pat? Is yeah. just you know? friend? And I'm like, no, I actually know him. Do you? Because, you know, want to make bo- sure And then they both said, unfortunately. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But so yeah, we it's uh, together to commiserate about Pat. It's the, it's the uh, small town Hollywood, mm-hmm. right? It is a small Twitter. world. Yep. Well, and the YA community is actually relatively small. You will get to know writers, mm-hmm. other writers. Oh, that's kind of yeah, cool. it's kind of cool. It's very supportive. Do you have Twitter yeah. handles you want to give out? Nina Berry, N I N A B E R R Y. Jen Klein tweets. Okay, all right, and you. I'm Pat underscore Francis and because some realtor in the middle of the <laughs> and I'm so at clear. on the page. Okay, I think we got everything out of the way. Thanks again, you guys. Everybody out there, listen to what Jen and Nina said. Get it on the page and have a good writing week. 